Kentucky basketball has scheduled a four-year series with the Indiana Hoosiers. How do we feel about the matchup as well as some other teams across the college basketball landscape? We're going to talk with an IU expert about it on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be joined by the host of the Locked On Hoosiers podcast, Jacob Goins, to discuss. This Kentucky versus Indiana series that has just been announced. We're going to talk about what this means for both programs, what we think the direction of these two programs is right now, why this is good for the sport of college basketball as a whole. And then speaking of the sport as a whole, we're going to dive into a number of teams that I've selected that we are either buying or selling this season, including the Wildcats and Hoosiers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed there as well. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our conversation with Jacob Goins of Locked On Hoosiers. We are now excited to be joined by Jacob Goins, host of the Locked On Hoosiers podcast, here with us to talk about the Kentucky versus Indiana rivalry. It is back, and college football desperately needs it. Jacob, really appreciate you hopping on with us today. Obviously, this Kentucky-Indiana rivalry over the 2000s had some really interesting, fun games. I said on a recent episode when we were talking about the Hoosiers, I said, I don't even want to talk about the Watford shot. Let's move on from that. These programs in different spots right now. How do you feel about the fact that this one is back for college basketball? Well, man, it's it's just so good for A, for these two fan bases, most importantly, uh, but B, for, for college basketball in general, right? These are the types of matchups that make college basketball so much fun. You have them in football and you have them in basketball, but this one's been missing for way too long. And luckily, uh, these two fan bases got the chance to uh, to see these two teams meet up in the Sweet 16 uh, just a few years ago. But even that's been a few years now. And so this needs to be a game that's played, if not every year, at least every other year. Um, and starting uh, coming up in 2025, we're going to get to see it for four straight years. I'm excited about it, and it's what makes college basketball so much fun, Lance. It's one of the best rivalries in all of college basketball. All I think you can date this one all the way back to 1924. Indiana actually got off to a really hot start in this series. In the 2000s, though, like I mentioned, for Kentucky fans, it was pretty fun, mostly dominated by the Wildcats. Obviously, we remember that game in 2011 in Assembly Hall. What a big game that was for the Hoosiers. It split even at 2-2 two and two over the last four contests. I'm excited to see this one come back to college basketball because, Jacob, like I mentioned, 
every time these schools seem to play, it just seems to not just be necessarily about these two individual teams, but it's just kind of of a refresher as to what college basketball is about. And I know a lot of people really take a hard look at this regular season and say, well, eh, it doesn't really matter what happens in the regular season. A lot of casual college basketball consumers will discuss the importance of the postseason and how uh, they'll watch whenever March comes around. But whenever it comes to these special moments, whether it be early in the non-con slate, whether it be something for like Kentucky where they play Gonzaga right in the middle of the SEC schedule this year, doesn't matter where it's at. If it's in the regular season, you can always expect a, just an incredible environment it's something that I love about college football. Just every single Saturday, you can see these big-time matchups and just think about how important and how traditional some of these games are, despite maybe these programs not necessarily being so even at the time. So I'm thrilled that this is back for college basketball. And also, I just want to point out for Kentucky fans, uh, Indiana won this most recent matchup in 2016, in case yes, you had forgotten. Did. So Kentucky trying to reestablish themselves possibly with this four-year series with the Hoosiers, I want to ask you this, Jacob. How do you feel about the fact that this is only, if I'm not mistaken, technically one home game for the Hoosiers? You got two games in Rupp, then you got one at home for the Hoosiers, and then you've got one at somewhat of a neutral site over in Indiana. How do you feel about the fact that Kentucky has kind of forced that onto this series? And if I'm not mistaken, Indiana's athletic director said that they may actually try and change that uh, just so to make sure that they could get two home games for Indiana. Yeah, you know, you, when you look at the the years broken down, this series starts in 2025. It starts in Rupp Arena. Then it'll move to Indianapolis in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, then it goes back to Rupp Arena. And then it finally comes to Assembly Hall. So it, it's exciting that this rivalry is back on the books. But Lance, we're not going to get to play in Assembly Hall till 2028, brother. That's five years from now. I mean, that's still a long time before these two teams will meet back in Assembly Hall. But it's really, really cool. Um, I prefer home and homes. I prefer it in college football, and I especially prefer it in college basketball as well. And so it, it seems like Indiana wanted to put a game there in Lucas Oil Stadium, being in Indianapolis, giving more fans a chance to see the game. I mean, we know there's a massive difference between most college basketball venues and Lucas Oil Stadium, which holds 70,000 people. Now, will that many people show up? I wouldn't think so, but hey, you never know. But I would rather it be an assembly hall. I don't care about the numbers. It is cool to see that many fans get to experience it, but when it comes to, I, I guess, fairness, right? Let's mm -hmm. play one game in Rupp, one game in Assembly Hall, and let's do two games in neutral site. Let's put one in Indianapolis and and put one somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know what another – or put both of them in Indianapolis if you want to. Um, it's just uh, – yeah, you can scream that it's unfair. It is what it is. And if they do decide to move it from Indianapolis back to Assembly Hall in Bloomington, awesome. But Indiana's going to go. Indiana fans are going to travel. We know Big Blue Nation is going to travel as well. And so you could play this game in Los Angeles, California, Lance. The team and the fans are going to travel and make it a great atmosphere. So I'm excited for that. And really what I look at in a matchup like this, outside of the historical factor and outside of these two legendary fan bases, what a great recruiting opportunity for Indiana and for Kentucky, for head coach Mike Woodson and for, of course, of course Coach Cal you have a chance to really show some of the biggest recruits in, in high school basketball that you want to be playing at these two programs. And if one program can dominate this four-game series, 
that's a huge recruiting pitch in itself. So that is a massive part of this rivalry as well, Lance. Absolutely. And you see these two uh, programs cross paths on the recruiting trail quite often. In fact, we just saw Indiana and the University of Alabama in contention for Boogie Fland, who the Wildcats just picked up. So this could be a really good recruiting opportunity over the next half decade for both programs as they face off against each other. You won't just have the comparisons between the two schools. You'll also have the head to head maybe to discuss whenever you're sitting down with some of these high profile prospects. I agree with you, actually. Whenever you look at the way that this series is panning out with only one home game for IU, technically, I much rather prefer, like you said, both in football and in basketball, home and home for these individual matchups. I understand why these neutral site things happen. It generates money. It generates fans, uh, opportunity for fans that are not necessarily directly in the area to come and see these games. Also, if you're having it way away uh, from wherever these respective schools are, like you said, playing it in Las Vegas or playing it over in California or something like that for for a for a non-con game, playing it Madison Square Garden. I mean, you could absolutely yeah, see the yeah. the way that that could generate some positivity and some revenue for both the venues and then both for the the schools as well. But I just prefer the atmosphere of the home games, man. I mean, if you can get these two teams inside the top twenty at some point early in the year, and you can get this one in Assembly Hall, you can get this one in Bloomington. What an incredible environment that would be instead of going to play in Lucas Oil Stadium. Like you said, you got the opportunity to get more fans. How many of them are actually going to show up to fill out that 70,000? I'm not sure if it would be a much better environment than it would be at home for IU. Also makes it a a little bit more difficult for Kentucky, I would like to imagine, if you're playing that game at home for the Hoosiers in their gym. So I prefer it uh, for, for it to be home and home. I completely agree with you there. When you look at these two programs, Jacob, You've got a Kentucky team that has really struggled to hit the mark in postseason play for almost half a decade now. Coach Cal, consistently, I think the word underperformed would be fair. I don't know if he would agree with that, but he has consistently struggled when it comes to getting the Wildcats ready for the postseason. What do we know about Indiana heading into this year? This is something that is a question that is allowing me to kind of educate my audience about maybe a team we're going to be seeing here in the very near future. Well, this Indiana team, um, they are bringing back some experience, but they're also bringing in some really, really big talent. And the biggest name is Mackenzie Mbako, the five-star, who has been in the in the headlines for the wrong reasons over the past couple of days and couple of weeks. But um, he is a really, really big factor on this team. And I think he may not be the go-to guy necessarily each and every game. I think your best player is going to be Xavier Johnson, who uh, is returning for his sixth year. Uh, playing here uh, for Indiana and Bloomington, having some injury problems late last year. So Indiana's got some talent, but they're also flying under the radar and not getting a whole lot of respect when you look at preseason polls and maybe even talent-wise as well. But Indiana's going to sneak up on some people. And you also, you went and hit the transfer portal and got a couple of big players there. So Indiana basketball is never out of it, Lance. And I think Indiana starting as low as they are in preseason polls. I talked about it on my show the other day. Should Indiana be in that top 25? Being outside of it, I think, gives them a great opportunity to maybe surprise some people. I agree. I agree. Ken Palm right now has the Hoosiers ranked number 49 overall. You could only imagine that that will trend upward. Some very difficult non-con games, though, for the Hoosiers playing against Connecticut, playing against Auburn, Kansas, 
there are so many different names across college basketball that both these teams will interact with over the span of their non-conference schedules. Jacob, I want to talk about maybe some teams that we should be buying or selling in college basketball, just kind of taking a look around the sport in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less than two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Prize Picks also has quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what make, makes them the number one daily fantasy sports app they also have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like taco tuesday one of my favorites each tuesday prize picks discount select player projections up to 25 percent to add even more value you need to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 100 that is prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is brought to you also by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can do things like add the your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They also have really simple tools like screening questions to help it make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. Small businesses also rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's really simple. LinkedIn jobs helps find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, but Faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on this crossover edition of Locked On Kentucky and Locked On Hoosiers, Lance Dahl, Jacob Goins hanging out here with you. Jacob, really appreciate you hopping on to talk a little Kentucky IU before we get to some major college basketball buying or selling on these programs. Tell everybody where they can find you, man, as the new host of Locked on Hoosiers. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And, and my first crossover episode uh, here as the host of Locked on Hoosiers. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Goins to Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. Be sure you like and subscribe uh, over on YouTube. Just getting started. First week is underway. And man, uh, I'm just super, super excited. Very blessed and honored for this opportunity and really excited for the basketball season to get started. I know football's still underway, but we know this with Indiana in Kentucky, man, it's basketball season and it's right around the corner. So give us a shout, give us a follow, uh, and you want to follow along all season long with Indiana basketball. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun basketball season. That's what I keep telling my listeners, dude. It's about that time. we got exhibition yes, games is. coming That's up. Right. I am looking forward to it. Well, we've got some major college basketball teams here, Jacob, that I want to get to. Buying or selling? Obviously, we'll talk about our respective programs later on on this list, but I want to kind of rapid fire ask you, about these individual programs, most of them inside the top 25, and whether or not you're buying or selling them this upcoming college basketball season. 
The first team we'll want to talk about here, the Kansas Jayhawks, number one in preseason AP polls across the board. You look at the Jayhawks returning quite a bit of experience. Also landed Michigan transfer Hunter Dickinson. This is going to be a very, very talented team. Both the Hoosiers and the Wildcats play this team in their non-conference schedules. Are you buying or selling the Kansas Jayhawks this year? Buying. Easily buying Kansas. Uh, they're out of the NCAA light. Uh, I think Bill Self, he, he said the other day, we're coming and we're going to press down on the throat. And you name the biggest reason why they've got Hunter Dickinson, one of the best players in college basketball, easily buying Kansas this season. I don't know if they win it all, but you better believe they're going to be right there at the end. Kansas Jayhawks, one of the best teams in the country right now. Really interested to see how they play against the Wildcats. Third game of the season, Kentucky Without some of their big men to start this se- to start this season, how are they going to perform with Trey Mitchell at center? That's a conversation that we've had a ton here at Locked On Kentucky. Concerned for that game, I think I'm buying the Jayhawks this season. Like you said, uber talented. Hunter Dickinson's going to be great for them. Bill Self and co. are probably going to be right there at the end of it when all is said and done. The Duke Blue Devils inside the AP poll as well inside the top five. Blue Devils going to be a really interesting team this year. Can they get a legitimate run going in the postseason? Jacob, what are your thoughts? Are you buying or selling? I'm buying. I'm buying the Duke Blue Devils, and for a couple of reasons. I love I love Coach Shire. Uh, Duke extended him, uh, and for a reason. I really, really like him. Young coach. Uh, there has been a little bit of bumps in the road taking over from the legendary Coach K, but I think he's got this program going in the right direction. Uh, they returned Filipowski and Jeremy Roach, two fantastic players in college basketball. I'm buying the Duke Blue Devils, who, again, just like Kansas, I think they're going to be there and in the conversation near the end. Our first Big Ten team I want to get to here, Jacob, the Purdue Boilermakers, the number one team, according to Ken Palm, entering this year. We all know what happened in the NCAA tournament last year against Farley Dickinson. We all know what the uh, what the message is from the uh, the national college basketball sphere is that we're kind of on fraud watch. Whenever we talk about the Boilermakers, obviously Zach Eady returning for this squad. Uh, Offensively, they're probably going to be able to be pretty efficient this upcoming season. One of the best in the country once again. But are you selling on the Boilermakers because of their lack of success in the postseason as of late? Look, they have Zach Eady, who is one of the best players in college basketball, and he's returning for another year. Purdue, they're getting all the preseason love. You should buy this team, right? Absolutely not. I'm selling on Purdue. Do I think they're going to be bad by any means? No, absolutely not. They have Zach Eady. You can't be bad when you have him. But Purdue just hasn't been able to get over that hump. And there's a couple of teams on this list that we're going to talk about that are in that same scenario. I'm going to sell them on the Purdue Boilermakers. Will they be good? Yes. But great? I don't think so. I'm going to be selling on, on them as well until they can prove to me. This is a similar situation with Gonzaga that I've had, I think you and I have had this conversation, actually. Yes, we have. Uh, Until they prove to me that they can actually do it, I'm not going to pick them to do anything significant ever in the NCAA tournament. And it's because even when they have, like, the uber-talented, scoring 90 points a game type of teams, it's just like, okay, cool. Uh, You still haven't won a national title, so I will not be picking you to, to go to it. So teams like Gonzaga, teams like Purdue, I'm a little bit skeptical on. I'm going to be selling the Boilermakers. Another Big Ten team, though, that has just come out of nowhere, I feel like, this offseason kind of developed some really strong recruiting uh, and has now become a top-four team in the preseason AP poll, the Michigan State Spartans. 
with Tom Izzo. They are looking really good on paper to start this season. Got some really young, talented players that they brought in there. Are you buying or selling on the Spartans? Michigan State, as long as Tom Izzo is there, I mean, yep. they've always got a chance, right? I mean, he's he's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. Uh, Fifth-year point guard coming back at Tyson Walker. I, am I able to just pass on Michigan State? Am I able to just kind of walk by them in the grocery store and leave them sitting on the aisle? I'm not necessarily buying them, but I'm not trying to dump them off at the same time because – I don't truly know what Michigan State's going to be. They always scare me, especially being in the Big Ten. They're always going to be in the conversation. But Lance, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Michigan State for now. So that way I can't get burned later, but I won't take credit if they are good because I truly don't know what they're gonna be yet. I'm actually right there with you. I think that there are some really positive things about this team, but also some questions as to whether or not they can legitimately put that all together in their yeah. not in their in their conference schedule. Also, something I want to point out here. They got some really difficult non-con games. You've got Duke, you've got Butler, you've got Arizona, and then you immediately go into the Big Ten slate with teams like Wisconsin and Nebraska, who apparently is going to be improved this year. Baylor's on this schedule as well. So a lot of different really difficult teams for Michigan State early. Are they able to survive that with their fifth-year point guard and then also some of their younger, talented pieces that they brought in? I'm not sure, so I'm right there with you on maybe I'll just monitor this stock for a little bit before I decide whether or not I'm investing in it. So Michigan State, a really interesting team that has made the top five of the preseason AP poll going to continue to monitor that as they wade through non-con play. UConn, a team that won the national title a season ago, one of the most dominant runs in the NCAA tournament in its history. Uh, they've got a couple pieces heading to the NBA draft, but they also... Have some guys coming back. I'm curious to see if Dan Hurley and company can actually do it again or at least get close to it. What do you feel about the UConn Huskies heading into this season? Yeah, I'll give a I'll give a quick answer here. I think Dan Hurley is a great coach. I think UConn is a historic, obviously, basketball program. Uh, took a little bit of a dip, but I think they're back. I'm going to buy UConn. Um, I think they, they're returning three major starters on that team, and that's going to help them experience is everything in college basketball. I'm going to buy the UConn Huskies. Also believe they're going to have a pretty strong defense this year, just my opinion. Also, Ken Pomps, too. I'm going to be buying in on the Huskies. They're not going to be putting a ton, ton of money on them but I am going to be investing. The Tennessee Volunteers, a team that has consistently been loved by Ken Palm over the past few years because of their ability to play defense. I've personally just not seen it in the SEC. Uh, they've they've continued to kind of fade out over the past couple of years in the regular season, then come on strong uh, at different points in the tournament. Obviously, this past year, I believe, beating Duke, the previous year losing to Michigan in the round of 32. What do we feel about the Volunteers bringing back Sakai Ziegler and a couple of players that feel like they've been there for 20 years now. Are we buying or selling on, on the vaults? I think the entire season, Lance, goes on how how quickly and how effective can Zakai Ziegler come back for this team. He makes them go. I mean, that guy is overly talented. Um, you hated to see you hate to see anybody get hurt, but a player like him who's as talented and means as much to a team as he does for the Tennessee Volunteers, if he can come back and be the player that he was, or maybe even get better, then sure, Tennessee has a chance. But Lance, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't you still have to outscore your opponent to win basketball games and you have to win games to win championships, right? Tennessee can't do that. They cannot do that. And so until they do, and same thing with Purdue, until they prove it to me in the postseason, I'm selling on Tennessee because I think the SEC is going to be a lot better this year than it's been in years past.
Yeah, just to make my fans happy, I'm going to sell big on them and, and just roll with it. Like, like <laughs> yeah, you, you said, have really, to, don't you? I, I am forced to. We, I just did a crossover <laughs> with Locked On Vols earlier today, and I picked the Vols to beat Kentucky in football. I got to pick them to do something good against Tennessee in basketball. I think there you go. you're selling hard on Tennessee this upcoming season. You look at this final team before we get to Kentucky and Indiana, Jacob, and this one was one I picked out of the AP poll just kind of for fun. The USC Trojans, obviously, Bronny James, Isaiah Collier, really interesting what's going on out there in L.A. with this squad, all of a sudden getting a lot of really, uh, really strong preseason hype, not particularly shown in the polls, I would think, which is refreshing to see. But what are you doing with the USC Trojans? Are you buying? Are you selling? Are you touching the stock at all? Where are you, where are you at with this team? That's one that I'm just going to kind of sit back and, and see. And I'm not on the train yet, but maybe I'll hop on the, on the, on the bandwagon if they start doing some things in non-conference schedule. Great to see uh, Bronny James hopefully being healthy with the, the heart issues that he had, the scare that he's had this offseason. Hate to see that. Uh, we know the media coverage around him is going it's already insane and will continue to be crazy. But this may be the most anticipated season ever for USC basketball. And don't forget, Boogie Ellis is now at USC, and that is a huge name in college basketball. So I'm going to hold off on USC, but the minute they start winning, I'll admit it, I'll jump on the bandwagon and see where it goes. Absolutely. I think that these these games early in this non-conference schedule, Kansas State, Seton Hall, Gonzaga, Auburn, those are going to be four games I'm going to be paying attention to. They're playing on the road, by the way, uh, against the Tigers there at the very end of their non-conference slate. How do they play in an SEC environment? That's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be waiting for just a little bit on USC before I decide whether or not I'm buying or selling. They've got young pieces. They've got scores like Boogie Ellis on this team as well. I'm just going to be sitting and waiting to see how the Trojans play it out, and then I will be jumping on this stock. The final two teams here, Jacob, I'll let you take it away with the Kentucky Wildcats here for just a second. Are they buying or are you selling on John Calipari and his squad? Your listeners are going to hate me and probably never tune into my show ever again. Uh, but for the time being, I am going to sell on Kentucky and the Wildcats. I think injuries are the biggest issue here, Lance. I think injuries early on are, are going to plague Kentucky. And I'm a huge, huge um, preacher when it comes to the non-conference schedule is so important for chemistry and for figuring out a true starting five and a true rotation. And so um, for now, Lance, I'm going to to sell on Kentucky. Antonio Reeves coming back is massive, though. I will say that. Yeah, Antonio Reeves coming back for this team. Also, Trey Mitchell, the West Virginia transfer, going to be plug and play there at center. I've said a ton on my show recently uh, brace yourselves for this first these first few games of the slate because I like Trey Mitchell. I think he's going to do a lot of different things statistically for the Wildcats. I'm not quite sure if the rim protection is going to be there for UK against teams like Miami, against teams like Kansas. You're going to have some bumps in the road because of how young this team is overall as well, too. You cannot sleep on teams like Marshall in your non-conference slate. I think you need to be wide awake if you're John Calipari in this squad heading through this schedule until you get Uganda and Yenzo and Aaron Bradshaw back, I am not comfortable with this team right now. I am going to buy because I am excited about the talent that we have on this roster. Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, that may be the best one-two punch at point guard in the country. You saw Rob Dillingham drop 40 in the blue and white scrimmage the other day, and he's going to be backing up DJ Wagner. So I think that Kentucky's going to score in bunches this year, but I'm not quite sure if the defense is going to be there overall. I'm going to be buying this team, the Hoosiers, 
Talk me through it. Are we buying or are we selling? We're buying, baby. Of course yes, we're sir. buying. And it's because of the reasons I talked about earlier. Indiana has the talent. They've got the coaching. They're just not getting the love just yet. And you know what? That's fine. Xavier Johnson coming back is going to be the leader on this basketball team. The go-to option, I think, possibly on both ends of the floor. People also forget you went and got a former McDonald's All-American in uh, in Kalel Ware yep. in the transfer portal this offseason. And people kind of forget about that. He's kind of flying under the radar, plus McKenzie Mbako, the five-star uh, freshman coming in. Indiana's got the talent, and if they can find themselves in non-conference play, while it will be tough, and they've got to play in the Big Ten, one of the toughest conferences in college basketball, I'm buying on the Hoosiers, and and I think people are sleeping on Indiana this year, and I promise you, nobody wants to come to Bloomington and play in Assembly Hall. I agree. I agree. Those two players right there in McKenzie uh, Mbako and Kello Ware are, are enough reason to say they're going to be better than their, their Ken Palm ranking, and they're going to be better than the three votes that they received in the AP poll. I'll be curious to see how they play in that non-con slate, though. I'm going to be really curious to see how Indiana attacks that. Jacob, really appreciate you coming on one more time. Tell everybody where they can find your content over at Locked on Hoosiers. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, at Locked on Hoosiers. Uh, just look Locked on Hoosiers on Twitter, and you'll find it. X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And follow me on Twitter, at Goins to Jacob, G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. We're covering Indiana each and every day. Exhibition game coming up on Sunday. Another one the following week, and then the start of the season against Florida Gulf Coast right around the corner, Lance. Really excited for it, Jacob. Again, thank you so much for hopping on. Before we get out of here, though, guys, I want to tell you guys about our friends, over at FanDuel this season, you need to snap into the action over on in the NFL with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So if you place a $5 bet, you can get $200 back in bonus bets. That's one more time. Guaranteed win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than now the app is also really easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more you need to visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off your nfl season today again fanduel.com slash locked on all right that was our conversation with jacob goins of locked on hoosiers really appreciate him joining the podcast to talk about what's going on with iu and uk if you have not already please go ahead and give him a follow on twitter at Goins to Jacob, I would really appreciate that. Jacob, the new host of the Locked on Hoosier po Hoosiers podcast, going to do a great job over there. Very excited to have him on. We've got two bold predictions here to wrap up the show today, and one of them is extremely positive, and one of them is a little worrisome. Let's dive into the positive one here first. According to Michael the Patriot on Twitter, he says, bold prediction, Antonio Reeves will average 20 points per game this season this one would be pretty difficult but you and I have talked about how excited I am about Antonio Reeves this upcoming season we got to see him absolutely go off during the global jam in Canada earlier in July was shooting over 50 percent both from the floor and from beyond the arc I believe he was averaging what 23 25 points per game during that round robin tournament I'm very, very excited about the fact that he's returning to this year's squad. I think he's going to be the leading scorer on this team. I think he's going to be pretty efficient as far as shooting goes. I don't know if he's going to be necessarily close to 50-plus percent from beyond the arc, but I think he's going to be one of the best three-point shooters in the nation this season. 
Is 20 points per game on the table? Sure, it can be on the table. But as you and I have discussed recently, we've talked about Kentucky basketball's offenses underneath John Calipari. What did we note whenever we broke down the best offenses that Coach Callis had? He's only had one 20-point-per-game score that you could really look at and say, okay, Antonio Reeves could be comparable to this statistically maybe at some point at the end of the season. And that was Jamal Murray, who averaged right at 20 points per game during his season with the Wildcats. I think Antonio Reeves is capable of heating up at different moments this upcoming season, but he also has moments where he gets really cold, like we saw during the blue and white game, like we saw during the Kansas State game in the NCAA tournament. I really do hope that we don't see any of those moments in March Madness this upcoming season, but my point being here is that I think Reeves can get close, but until he shows me in this non-con slate that he cannot drop off, that he has that better consistency, which I expect him to have, hopefully, He can then be close to around 18, 17 points per game, I think, at his peak. Could he get to 20 points? Yeah, sure. Prove me wrong. But as of right now, I don't think that Reeves is going to average 20 points per game. To bring that all the way back to the bold prediction here, which is the whole point of this segment, I really like predictions like this that kind of take it exactly where I want it to go. This is a bold prediction on a scale of 1 to 10 on the boldness scale. I'm going to give this one an 8.2. I think that it is possible that Antonio Reeves reaches 20 points a game this season because of how high I am on him offensively. But if I'm going to put a number on it myself, I say 17 to 18 points is probably where he caps out. But I really like this bold prediction here from Michael the Patriot. The second bold prediction here that I have comes from Kristen KY1 Clark on YouTube, longtime subscriber and listener to the show. This one is a little bit is a, is a little bit in the other direction. So we had a really positive one, a little bit more of a negative one. Kristen says, "I hope this is wrong, but I predict we lose a ton of close games to such a young uh, roster, and we win 19 games." Christian, not Kristen, my bad there. Uh, Clark here says we're going to win 19 games. This is absolutely on the table. And I know that some people may not want to hear that. Some people may not want to be faced with that reality. But let's be honest with ourselves. This past season showed us that Kentucky basketball, with just about any roster, can underachieve. We got to see Kentucky really struggle to close out games against Michigan State and Gonzaga earlier in the year. We saw them lose by 10 to UCLA and only score 53. We saw them get blown out by Missouri. And at one point, you look up Kentucky. Oh my goodness, they've lost to Bama and South Carolina in back-to-back games. You're 10 and 6 and 1 and 3 in the SEC. You had Oscar Sheebway on your roster. You had a five-star point guard in Cason Wallace. You had one of the best transfers in terms of scoring in the nation in Antonio Reeves. You had one of the best assist men in the country in Severe Wheeler. Five-star forward Chris Livingston, right? Five-star coming off the bench, technically four-star-ish. You've got Onyenzo. Five-star Damian Collins. You had a lot of talent up and down this roster. You also had a fourth-year, fifth-year guy in Jacob Toppin who uh, is an explosive athlete on his own and actually really did impress last season uh, and played a lot better. You had a roster that should have won, I think, more than 22 games. Kentucky underachieved. Part of it was coaching. Part of it was injury. Kentucky's proven they can play really, really well. They can win a lot of games in the regular season with younger younger rosters. They can be great. They can also do what they did last year. They can also do what they did during the COVID season, which is win, win nine games. So why, while Christian here does have a pretty a pretty hot take, it may seem, to some I'm not necessarily opposed to this. 19 games in the regular season, uh, only one for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm going to give this one a 7.5. 
with Kentucky's injuries right now in the post, we could see Kentucky just fall apart. We could see them lose a couple of really big games in the non-con slate. We could see them lose to Miami. We could see them lose to North Carolina. We could see them lose to Kansas early in the year. We could see them uh, slip up in a game like Louisville, and that would be humiliating. We could see them lose on the road to Florida to begin SEC play, and then all of a sudden, we're looking up, and it's the exact same thing all over again. Do you remember whenever we were 10-6 and six last season, and I said at the beginning of the year, okay, there is a world where Kentucky struggles to get to 20 wins this year, and we looked up 10-6, and six, and I said, yeah, we're probably going to finish with about 18-19 wins. We ended up collecting ourselves towards the end of the year, getting that one win in the SEC tournament, getting another one in the NCAA tournament. But that's kind of right about where we finished. There is a world where Kentucky, without their big men, struggles early and then only wins about 19 games. The inexperience there could also be a problem. So I'm going to give this one a seven and a half. I think Kentucky wins more than that. I think Cal has proven consistently that he can win with younger rosters. I'm going to bank on that this season and hope that it happens. I'm going to say it's over 19 games, but this is a very real possibility, and I think Kentucky fans should be aware of it. So I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.